gather around God's Word, we at First EPC believe that the Bible is God's truth. It's living, it's active, it's the only infallible way of faith and practice. Uniquely, uniquely and fully inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we need to know what it says. Our reading this morning comes out of Philippians, second chapter of Philippians, verses 1 through 8. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love, being in full accord with one mind, doing nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus." who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do love you. We thank you for your goodness to us in so, so many ways. Especially, Lord, we thank you for your word. What a precious gift to know you, to know who you are, to know what you want from us, to know how we can come before you, to know hope, Lord, and joy. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your truth. Thank you for allowing us to celebrate days like today and tomorrow. When you first came into this world. And Lord, we thank you for we look with anticipation for when you do come again. Oh, God bless us. Open our hearts and minds to receive the gift of your spirit this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On this fourth Sunday of of Advent, our focus is love. You may be figuring that out by now. And most particularly, it's, it's God's love for us in giving His Son. But it's also our love for God and our love for one another. Love is another one of those casual words which we throw around a lot, like peace and joy and, and, and hope. We love candy, we love football, we love music, we love our neighbors, and in the same sense, often we'll say, I love you. But what do we mean? What do we mean when we say, I love you? Or when we just use the word love? What is love? What is true love? Or maybe we want to say real love, genuine love. It's more than just a feeling, isn't it? It's even more than an attitude. Indeed, real love is not so much something that we choose. It's not something we choose to do. As as much as it is 
something we are. It comes from within us. It, it emanates from within us. It comes from the very core of who we are as a person. That's why John could say in that letter, which we read in our first scripture this morning, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. You see, God is the source of real love. God is the source and the only source. He's the wellspring. And not only the only source, God says in the same little passage of 1 John 4, God says He is love. God is love. In other words, there can be no genuine love apart from God. Because by definition, that is Him. That is Him. That's what Paul was saying to the Philippians and to us in our passage that I just read this morning. He calls us to be of the same mind and having that same love, being in full accord with one another, with one mind. Paul knows that any real love that we can have must flow from our unity with Christ. It must flow from Jesus within us to the world that's around us. It must flow from our experience with His love, our fellowship with one another in His Holy Spirit. Oh sure, we can have what passes for love, but the agape love of sacrifice and eternity has its source only in God. You can't muster it on your own. You can't determine it on your own. You can only receive it and then give it. When you look around the world in, in which you and I live, murder, child abuse, divorce, terrorism, war, divided and self-centered in almost every way you can imagine, it seems that our world doesn't know much about love. I remember a TV program I once saw where they were interviewing young children who wanted to be adopted. One young boy said, when asked what kind of parents are you looking for, he said this, he said, only a father and a mother who love each other and who love me. Doesn't sound like too big an order, does it? Simply a stable home with someone to care for him and care about him. He wanted love, didn't he? Doesn't seem too much to ask, does it? Maybe the reason, maybe the reason we all seem to have such a difficulty with love is that it isn't like a coat that we can put on or take off. It isn't like a math formula that we can calculate and formulate and compute and work out. It doesn't lend itself to neat prescribed explanations. You know, the Bible, the Bible is full of illustrations about love. But nowhere does it give us a working definition of love. Indeed, the only definition of love that is in the Bible is what I just read. God is love. And sometimes that doesn't help us too much. We've got to go further. What does that mean? How do we understand that? 
What the Bible does do, though, is show us love. Show us love. Illustration after illustration, piece after piece, point by point, image after image, the Bible shows us what love really is. We read it, and we've read it, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Okay, that's love. That's an image of love. Or as the Apostle Paul said, emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That's love. That's what love looks like. You know, that's Paul's Christmas story. Paul, Paul became even more detailed and, and specific in his letter to the, to the church in Corinth where he spelled out for their understanding in ours that love is patient and is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love, Paul says, never fails. You know, as we, we think about love, let me share with you a couple of truths that come from these passages that seem to stand out above all others. And, and one of the very first bedrock truths about love is that love is always sacrificial. It always gives. It always does. It's thinking about the other. Sacrifice is an offering, Right? It's, it's a surrendering. It's a giving of something for the sake of someone else. And when God, who, who is love, first came down into our world, He did it by giving, right? He did it by giving His only Son. When Jesus comes into your heart and to my heart, He does it by giving us. He does it by giving forgiveness, peace, joy. Giving for the sake of someone else. Love is always sacrificial. Jesus taught in John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Let me ask you, when Jesus came into our world on Christmas Day long ago, did he come to die? Did he come to lay down his life for his friends? Every sacrifice isn't love, but all real love is sacrifice. Think about that. Think about that next time you're feeling unloved. Next time you feel no one cares about you. You're all alone. Or somebody just stepped on your parade. And you feel so insignificant. And then ask yourself, am I giving love? Because if there is a love relationship, it has to be given for the sake of the other person. And you, you and I, we have it in Jesus to give. How many times do we wait around for the other person rather than let the Jesus that is within us sacrificially love? 
Paul said that Jesus made himself nothing. Nothing. Emptied himself. Gave up all he had to enter your life and to my life. To come into this miserable world that we live in, in so many ways. And, and then as a man, humbled himself, becoming obedient even to the point of death. Even death on a cross. The most horrendous death. You see, Jesus was giving love. Indeed, He was the gift of love. Come into our world of hate and violence as a tiny, fragile baby. Come not to receive, but to give. Paul in Romans 5.8 says, God shows His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, you, me. He didn't wait for us to love Him. He didn't wait for us to get our act together, to look halfway, halfway respectable. He didn't place a bunch of conditions on His love. He gave love. He gave love for your sake and for my sake. He gave love for the sake of others. He loved sacrificially. Let me say something else about love. Real love, genuine love, God love is love forever. Love is forever. We have, we have little words we used to use called puppy love, right? That's that little fleeting love that we have. Well, it's a little attraction. It's a little warm, fuzzy feeling. But it goes, and it comes, and it goes. Love is forever. Or as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, love never fails. Just as God's gift in Jesus is eternal, so is His love. Love isn't dependent upon a mood. It isn't dependent upon a feeling. Love isn't dependent upon any good deeds that we do or don't do. Love is forever. I once had a friend who I knew very well. thought I did. He called me up one day and and he said just bluntly, right on the phone, he said, I'm leaving my wife. I don't love her anymore, he said. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Nearly all of us have been close enough to divorce to know it's pain. Many have been through it firsthand. But I tell you one of the truths about real love it never ends. Real love never ends. When God is in a relationship, when He is the cement that bonds two people together, whether it's in a friendship or in a marriage, that love never ends. Because that love is focused through God, in us, in the relationship. Oh yes, we can cover it up, we can bury it beneath all kinds of tons of other issues, but the love that was in Christ, the love that was Christ in that relationship, never ends. It is forever. That's why in a marriage commitment to God, founded in His grace, there is in the ideal world never to be a divorce. We know we don't live in an ideal world. But I want you to know what the real thing looks like. And don't let some world 
persuade you that there's another choice. Love is sacrificial. And love is forever. A final truth. Love has a purpose. It has a purpose. Jesus humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus was no ordinary baby, was He? He was a very, had a very specific mission coming into our world. There was a purpose there. You know, I asked two questions a minute ago. Did He come to die? Well, the answer is absolutely He did. Absolutely. Did He come to lay down His life for His friends? Absolutely. Peter, Peter described the purpose of Jesus this way in, in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, He, Jesus, was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through Him you believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him, so your faith and your hope are in God. Jesus had a purpose. He went on to describe His purpose in Luke 19. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. There was a reason this love personified came into our world. Love personified in Jesus had a purpose. And that same love expressed in your heart and my heart has that same purpose as well. We live in a world that doesn't know love. Not real love, because it doesn't know the Son of God. Can we give our world a glimpse, just a tiny little glimpse of that love? Time and again, you and I even struggle with feelings of bitterness and anger and indifference toward one another and those around us. Can we give forgiveness? Can we love? Can we love just a little bit like Jesus did? Can we let the Jesus that is within us love? All around us there are people hurting, struggling, trying to cope, understand, dealing with all sorts of issues, some of which you and I have no way to, to truly understand. All sorts of issues that deny love. Can we offer hope and peace? in the midst of their struggles. Can we love? The Bible tells us that we love because He, God, God in Christ, first loved us. Can we, can you and I give sacrificial, eternal love? As we reflect on Christmas and all that goes with the season, we talk a lot about the baby in the manger. We enjoy the gatherings with family and friends. But let us not lose sight who Jesus really is and why Jesus came. He is first and foremost love. Love come down into our world. Love made real. 
for us to, to see and feel and most importantly, to receive. To receive. As I was preparing this message, I came across a number of man-on-the-street type interviews. You've seen them. And the question the folks were stopped and they were asked was what Christmas meant to them. The number one overwhelming response was family. Christmas means family. You know, I can warm up to that until I start thinking about that's the number one response. You know what number two was? Oh, you might think Jesus would sneak in there, but no, not in the world you and I live in. Maybe not even in our own world sometimes. Number two was parties and lights and gifts. Occasionally, way, way, way down the list, somebody would mention Jesus. Jesus. In truth, Christmas is Jesus, right? Christmas shouts, God loves you. Not just in a feel-good way. God came into your world, into my world, and He suffered and He died upon a cross because He loves us. He loves us. He cares about us. Receive that gift. Receive that gift. Share that gift. Experience and know the greatest, the greatest glory of Christmas. And that is that God loves you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. When we just think about the, 